0: You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy.
1: vital ...part of my development and even my health as a pastor. And so Pastor Matt Spears is on staff at Trinity Fellowship Church. He has a, he has a really profound leadership place in TFAC. And so if you guys would, welcome him this morning.
0: You know, We we don't know if we should hug or kiss or fist bump or whatever, but it is really good to be back in church, isn't it? Yeah, so good to be back. And for those of you that are joining us online, we're glad that you're here and that we have the ability uh, through the use of technology to jump right into your living rooms, which is a pretty amazing thing to think about. I mean, we're, we're in people's living rooms right now. So I, I appreciate Pastor Jory and April on the team here and what God's doing at Grace Through Faith. You know, he talks about TFAC and and what uh, maybe t does for for himself and for ultimately for this church but what pastor Joy does for t is amazing i mean you don't you may not know this but he's actually one of our coaches and so he's working with pastors all over texas uh oklahoma and into new mexico helping them have a place to come and get encouraged nourished refreshed and so god is truly using your pastor um, certainly here in dumas but well beyond the the borders of dumas and so uh, we should give him a round of applause and honor your pastor. He's amazing. I love him dearly. He's a dear friend, a dear brother, and I appreciate our times together. You know, I don't know if I told you this last time I was here, but I want to tell you a little bit about my family. And I'm going to do this because I only have one joke. And so if I don't say the joke now, then then it's going to be a tough run for us. So I have three kiddos. Um, they're, they're 16, 15 and 12, almost 13, so it's been a lot of fun in the season we've been in with those guys. And I'm married to one woman. Her name is Amy, and so my wife is actually a therapist. And so and so I'm asking you to pray for my kids because imagine if you were in high school and all your friends are talking about what their parents do for a living and you have to say, well, my, my dad is a pastor and my mom's a therapist. I mean, that's tough. So pray for my kids. They need prayer. Uh, that's my only joke. That's all I got. So if you didn't laugh, then it's gonna, it's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. Uh, the title of the message today is "Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see?". And if you'll look on the little note somewhere, uh, I think the the eye in the title here is a big, huge red eye, and it's emphasized very much on purpose. So I think if you were to go to Bible school they would tell you you don't ever ask a question in a sermon title like you should make an emphatic statement, but I didn't go to Bible school. So I'm just going I'm allowed to break those rules. Do you see what I see? And I feel like this is a question that God asked me. Do you see what I see? As we're navigating new waters as we're in a new season, do you see what I see? And I love that he asked me the question because it caused me to lean into him. And here's the thing, if he's asking you, do you see what I see? It's clear that he has sight for me. There is something that he is seeing for me. You know, if there was ever a year to have a nice clean vision statement and a game plan, 2020 was kind of that year, right? I mean, 2020, we're jumping into a new decade and perfect vision and clear sight Yeah, let's get a good let's get a good vision statement put together and uh, some marching orders and and I mean if you're anything like me, you did that on the front end of 2020 you had a you had a very clear vision for this year and then it all got shocked, right? No matter what you had scripted for 2020, changed, gone, done away with, all of your plans have been completely and totally, Turned upside down, right? I mean, I'm looking around. There's some young people in here. We, you know, teenagers dreamed about. I mean, it was like a, it was like a romantic vision they had of having a 12-week spring break. They just didn't think it was going to happen, right? You know, and then we found ourselves. I mean, Lord, I found I'd never imagined being a high school and middle school principal. Was never in the cards for me, and I don't ever really want to go back. In fact, I told my kids honestly. If there's another pandemic and you're still in school, forget it. Get a job. You're going to work because I don't have the grace. Thank God for our educators. I mean, what a grace that is on them to educate our kids and to deal with our kids for eight hours a day. So, I mean, everything changed, right? We came into 2020 and this pandemic has happened and it has shifted. Our vision has shifted the game plan that we had for this season of life. The question is, did it change what God sees? Has what he sees for your life shifted? Has it been rearranged? What a love about God is he comes alongside of us and he makes a way for us when everything around us is shaking. And that is the power of vision. It's the power of vision. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the power of vision. Do you see what I see? Do you see what God sees? There's a very quoted passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 29. I want to read it for us out of the Passion Translation because I like the way it reads in the Passion. It says it like this, where there is no clear prophetic vision, the people quickly wander astray. I like to read it this way, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people go crazy. They go mad. They just lose their mind. But when you follow the revelation of the Word, The word, heaven's bliss, fills your soul. And I love this, that there, where there is no clear prophetic vision, right? Sometimes we get so caught up in sort of what we see, but this is talking about the prophetic vision, the God-breathed, God-declared vision. We've got, to, we've got to know what he sees. We've got to understand what he's seeing for us. A clear, God-breathed vision for our life. The simple truth is, <laughs> we can't trust what we see. right? So this is a true story out of my life. This happened like two weeks ago, really. Um, it, was, it was like a Monday night, and Amy and I were winding down our evening. We do this regularly in our bedroom, and uh, maybe watch a little TV show, or goof around on the computer and look up stuff. So Amy caught me because I had a vision on Monday and she caught me um, looking for a boat, and I was going to, she said, what are, you, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going to buy a boat. And she said, we're not, we're not buying a boat. I said, no, I'm going to buy a boat. I need a boat. I, I, my vision is for a boat. And she says, why do you want a boat? We don't, there's no lake within 100 miles of this place, you know. I was like, so I woke up Tuesday morning, and I decided she was right. We didn't need a boat. So, um, but I had a new vision. Um, and so by, by Thursday this is an absolute true story I wish she was here by Thursday afternoon I had found a two bedroom two bath condo 1100 square foot condo in Angel Fire which is a little mountain resort town not, not far from here and I had an appointment with a realtor on Friday to go look at a two bedroom two bath condo in Angel Fire and I said great the boat is out I got a new vision and she's like we're not buying a second home and I was like oh no we, we, this is my vision today listen you can't change, you can't, you can't, what you see changes with the wind, right? We can't base our life on what we see. It's not about my vision. It's about his vision. God's breathed vision, declared vision for my life, that prophetic vision. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not my word. It's thy, capital thy. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? The Bible says that we delight ourselves in the Lord and he gives us the desires of our hearts. That doesn't mean when we delight ourselves in the Lord that he gives me my boat or my two-bedroom condo in the mountains, right? What happens is he takes my wants out and places his wants in. It's his vision. It's what he sees. It's his breathed, declared vision for my life. He has that for each and every one of us. I actually have what I feel like is a word from the Lord for us, and I want to read it. And you're going to hear my voice, but I want you to allow yourself to receive this as if God the Father were speaking this over you. I believe this is a word for us in this season as we're all, we're all in a new season. And everyone's talking about everything has changed, there's a new normal. And, and it feels like an overstatement, but the truth is a lot has changed and there's a new norm coming. But God is not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is in this season with us. And I believe this is his word for us. So again, if you will, just open your heart and receive this as God's prophetic word over us. This is a season for leaning into me. I am distributing fresh vision for you in this new season. I'm full of vision for you. Daily, come to me and I will sustain you. Daily interactions with me will lead to fulfillment and purpose as we move forward in this season. I will empower you and carry you as we advance. We will learn together and we will grow together in this new season, in this fresh season. Fresh vision, sorry. Let me give you some benefits of vision real quick, and then we're going to unpack how do we walk into vision. Benefits of vision. Number one, vision creates unity. Think about it. Vision creates unity unity you know i don't know how many of you are dallas cowboy fans all right there's a reason why the dallas cowboys they have they have amazing talent on their team but they're not going to win a super bowl i mean it's just a fact right because there is no <laughs> there is no unity there right but my boy tom brady down in tampa bay he may put it together and win a super bowl right with lesser caliber athletes right because here's the thing that we here's my that's a joke and none of y'all out it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay, it's okay sports teams win championships when there is unity around the vision for the team right churches organizations companies are successful at advancing their mission when there is unity around the vision think about it families that work marriages that come in line they work Because there's unity around the vision. If you're here and you're a single person, listen, you get your life in line with him, and you come into unity with the Father around the vision that he has for your life, your life is going to work. I'm just telling you right now. Sometimes the breakdown in unity, people get so caught up in rightness. This is the enemy of unity is rightness. If I can just be right, This is why the Dallas Cowboys are never going to win a Super Bowl because their team is full of athletes that are more concerned about being right than being unified, right? But that vision, when we have a shared vision and we lay our rights down, think about this in the context of a marriage, when you lay your rights down and and gather around the vision and you choose to have unity, man, it, it changes the environment, Right, the Bible is clear. The, the promise of, of the Word of God is where there is vision, uh, where there is vision and unity, there is life. God shows up and breathes life into environments where there is unity, and unity is a choice. We can unify around the vision. Think about it, no matter what team you're a part of, no matter what group you're a part of, if you choose to have unity around the vision, you're gonna be successful in your family, in your business, in this church, in your small group, whatever it is that you're doing. Vision also gives you hope. You know, there are a lot of moments when, if we pay attention to what we see in the natural, it's easy to allow hopelessness to settle into our hearts, but when we have a prophetic vision, when we know what God's up to, hope springs up in our heart. Hope allows us to put one foot in front of another and keep moving into something. things, right? There's, there's something coming. It's out there and we're going to move into it. Hope arises where there's vision gives hope. Vision brings about purpose. Think about it even even in the sports context when you understand your role on the team when there is a clear vision of what you're trying to accomplish as a unit and you're supposed to play a role on that team you have purpose in the role that you're called to play because if you don't play your role the vision doesn't get accomplished right so vision brings about purpose there's an amazing set of scriptures and that we're going to unpack here for the next couple of minutes in Habakkuk, and I love, I love the story, uh, the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet in the Old Testament that there's not a lot known about him, but he was a prophet basically like every other prophet, I, prophet I've ever met in my life, right? Most people who are really prophetic are a bit mm, on edge all the time, right? They're never really satisfied, not real happy, right? Complain a lot, right? There's a, there's a sharp edge. I'm stepping on all the prophet's toes and it's really quiet in here. Um, Habakkuk was like that, and this and this is a, this is a Habakkuk is an Old Testament prophetic book that talks about him his complaints and God responding to his complaints. So let's read a very familiar passage of Scripture here. Three verses we're going to read. Verse verse one, Habakkuk two, verse one. I will take my stand at my watchpost, says Habakkuk, and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say. To me and what I will answer com- concerning my complaint right point number one is we have to position ourselves to hear the vision we have to position ourselves to hear the vision here's Habakkuk on a Tuesday morning he wakes up and he makes a very conscious decision I'm going to go to the watch post I'm gonna position myself there because he has something to say to me and I'm not leaving this place until he says what he has to say to me. Do you think there's anywhere else he could have been that Tuesday morning? You think there was a to-do list somewhere, a bunch of tasks that needed to get done? Right, there were a lot of places that he could have been. But he chose to say no to some things so that he could say yes to go into the watch post, position himself in the place, waiting for the Lord to speak to him. This is one of the things I think were so powerful of what, of what, of what the COVID pandemic did for all of us, right? COVID forced all of us to say no to some things. COVID shut us down. Well, I'm not saying God caused COVID. I don't think God caused COVID, but he's certainly in the middle of it. And he's certainly gonna use it for his glory and his benefit in our lives, right? COVID shut us down. We were forced to say no to some things. You know, uh, I was just talking with April before the service. I had uh, in in the kind of the 90 day shutdown window there, I had three domestic trips planned and one international trip planned, right? Shut down, I'm suddenly at home and I found myself sitting in my back porch. I mean, I wore my rocking chair out, got a hole in the seat because I spent so many hours on my back porch because I had nowhere to go, right? My job suddenly shut down, came to a screeching halt, right? And I went through all of the different emotions that I think all of us. first I needed to grieve what was lost, and I went through that grieving motion, and then I started my complaining phase, right? I was complaining to the Lord, Why, what is going on? Is this ever, is normal ever coming back? And then I found myself settling into this sweet place with the Father, where it was just He and I talking, what are, you, what are you up to? What do you want to do in my life? What are you saying to me? What, what, do, you, what do you see for my life? And I found this place of intimacy with him simply because I had stopped. Right? COVID shut us down. I was suddenly in a particular place for a long period of time interacting with him. And it's amazing what happens. I've never asked God to speak. I've never sat quietly with him when he was silent. He always has something to say. He always wants to say something. We have to set a specific time and a date to hear the vision. We've got to get quiet so we can hear the vision. I always say it this way. You know, there's a big picture vision. There is a prophetic thing that God's doing in your life that God has for you, a purpose, a destiny. And it's all the way out there. It extends as long as you're going to live on this earth. But there is vision within the vision. And I have found myself realizing that there is daily vision that God has for me that fits within the vision. Right? There's fresh manna that he has for me every day. God actually wants to interact with me every day. It's not a going to the watch post once. It's a going to the watch post every single day and sitting with him. King David said it this way. He said, early in the morning will I rise and seek you. And I'm not suggesting when you have your time with the Lord. But I am saying he said, early in the morning will I rise and while it's still fresh. Before I have my to-do list in front of me, before I I go about doing my sales calls, before I start running around with kids, I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit, and I'm going to get the vision that you have for me today. Let me give you a really practical thing that changed my life. This is a practical way for you to get the daily vision within the vision for your day. You know, God has something to say to you, and I started writing out His thoughts for me, right? This is a this is a discipline thing. I would sit on my porch, say, God, what do you want to do today? What do you want to say to me today? And whatever my little my little brain started thinking, I just started writing, and it's amazing what would happen. I thought they were just my thoughts. Turns out they weren't my thoughts. <laughs> they were actually His thoughts for my day. And I and I turned it into dear dear Matt, my beloved son Matt. And I would just write. Sometimes I'm I'm thinking about my kids, you know. I'm thinking about decisions we got to make with my kids and. And I'll just sit down and, God, what are your thoughts today? I want to write out your thoughts. And next thing you know, I'm writing out the thoughts of the Father for my parenting and how to guide my kids, how to navigate waters and business, how to navigate church life, how to navigate my marriage. And I'm writing out his suddenly his vision. What he sees becomes really clear to me on that little sheet. It's actually on my iPad now where I write. Right? Practical. Let's keep reading. Verse 2, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Our second point is this, we have to keep the vision in front of us. We must keep the vision in front of us. We must keep what he sees in front of us. You know, vision leaks, right? And if, and if we don't keep it in front of us, regularly reminding ourselves of the prophetic vision, man, we'll, we'll, we'll drift and a, and a ten degree drift one day is not a big deal, but a ten degree drift a hundred days in a row—that's you're gone, you're lost in the woods, right? We have to keep the vision in front of us. Write it make it plain, put it on tablets. The Apostle Paul charges us to run the race set before us, to run with with an intent of winning that race. I believe that we're meant to win the race of life. God has a plan for us. He has a vision for us that if we'll make it plain and put it in front of us, it'll move us into being hugely successful in life. I don't believe that any of us should fall short in that. Let me give you a really, really practical thing that Amy and I did accidentally, frankly. Um, This is is probably the best example I have of what it looks like to have a a vision, a prophetic, God-breathed vision, and then to keep it in front of you and how that vision keeps us moving into His purposes for our lives. So about... 18, we've been married 18 years, so uh, we, we dated forever. I mean, it was like a, the longest dating situation. So we were three weeks into our dating relationship, which was only, um, we were halfway into our, our the end of our dating time. So we dated for a whopping six weeks. But we were three weeks into the dating relationship, and we were driving back uh, from where her mom lived in a little small town in East Texas back to Dallas where I was living at the time. We, we were living at the time. And and we said, what what does God want us to look like? what is his vision for us, right? So now this isn't a marriage message, right? But us is a real person in your marriage, okay? When, when the two become one, they actually create a whole new person, right? If you'll, if you'll check this out, some of you that are married, you, you create a whole new person. That person is called us. Us is what you look like together, right? Matt and Amy came together and formed a new person. We call it us. Us has a personality. Us has likes. Us has dislikes, When our marriage is off, it's not because Amy's off or Matt's off, it's because us is off. And if you'll make us the priority in your marriage, you will live a really fun life with your wife or your husband. Okay, so we asked the question we didn't have this, all of the understanding that we have about us now, but we wrote down on a scratch sheet of paper, what do we want us to look like? Okay, and then we wrote out what we thought were 10 random things. We just wrote them out. They weren't sentences, they weren't paragraphs. They were just statements. Us, us is gonna be generous. Us is gonna prioritize community. Us is gonna pay attention to our physical well-being, mental, spiritual, emotional health. Us is gonna right, so we wrote out 10 things that look like that. And at the time, again, we didn't think of it as a vision. We didn't think of it as God's prophetic vision for us. We put that little scratch sheet of paper, rolled it up, put it in a book, and didn't think about it for 10 years. And then I found it one day. Uh, about 10 years into marriage, and I realized, wow, these, these 10 things have defined us. They are literally what he sees for us. They became our set of values, our non-negotiables, if you will, as a married, as a married couple. This will work if you're single. You, you can make out a list of values of what God sees for you. Now, let me tell you how it's kept us on course. Okay, there was a point in our marriage about five years ago, six years ago now, where we, well, five years ago, and we fell off. Something wasn't right. We felt out of sync. We had kids that were getting old enough to consume a lot more parental energy. They just tend to sort of suck the life out of you for seasons of life. And I think it ends eventually, all right? I mean, I'm praying that it ends. Um, So we're close to being empty nesters. Um, We were off, and something wasn't right. And we pulled out this little scratch sheet of paper where we would written these 10 things down. We said, which one of these are we violating? Right? We put the vision for us back in front of us. It wasn't our vision for us. It was his vision for us. We put it back in front of us, and we recognized that we were violating number eight on the list. We were not recreating together. We weren't having a lot of fun together as a family. We were in the business of life, moving through life, and we made a decision, okay, we're going to start taking real family vacations. Vacations and so we spent a year we put money aside for a year and we went to disney as a family It's amazing. What happened instantly. We reset right the vision Realigned us and reset us. Let me give you another example Uh, This was just uh, two years ago two years ago. we, We got off we got for the first time in our married life We were our finances weren't where we wanted them to be now we had seasons in our married life early on where we would pay the bills and we had $4.38 left in the bank, right? But we, we were okay because that was the season we were in and we knew that was our reality, right? So we'd been in some tough financial spots, but four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, sorry, we, are, we realized something's wrong. This is wrong. We, our finances are not where we want them. What is happening right now? And so I, I did a little, a little analysis of our finances, which is fun for me because I'm a big fan of Excel. Um, and I made a, little, a little, little spreadsheet, and I realized we were spending money in four buckets. We broke our money down to four primary places where we were spending all of our money, most of our money. And so then we got out our little vision document. Are you with me? You see where this is going? And we went, bucket number one, it's on the sheet of paper it stays bucket number 2 it's on our vision statement in our vision paper it stays bucket number 3 on the vision statement it stays bucket number 4 nowhere to be found it wasn't god's vision for us it wasn't what he said for us these are the three buckets a lot of fun activity in these three buckets a lot of good times in the, but bucket number 4 didn't didn't show up on the on the document so we eliminated bucket number 4 and instantly everything. It didn't come back to where it was. It actually went better, right? Because what he sees for us, we kept the vision in front of us and it reset it and realigned us. We have to keep the vision in front of us. Let's keep reading in Habakkuk 2 verse 3. So you've got the vision. You know what you want to look like. But then he says it this way: For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. This is what throws people off. So a lot of times we think, "Well, God changed His mind," or "Well, we didn't hear God. We didn't. We weren't really in tune that day. Maybe it was the pizza, whatever. You know." But listen. So point number three: We must be resolute in our faith for the vision. Listen, we must be resolute, unwavering, committed, all in, in our faith for the vision. Listen, sometimes God speaks in its months or years or seasons of life. There may be some really difficult moments that you have to navigate, but if we'll keep pressing in, if we'll keep moving forward, the vision will come. God is not a man. He's not like us. He doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. God, When God speaks, God will perform, Right? I love what the, the Apostle Paul, how he charged young Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1.18 when he tells him, listen, don't, don't forget what was imparted to you through prophecy, right? All the gifts that were released into you, all the things that were declared over your life, that by those prophetic utterances, you would wage a good warfare. And I love this picture. That means when God speaks and God declares, he knows what he sees for your life, there are gonna be some moments when that vision is challenged. Even if you keep it in front of you, there's gonna be some days when you feel like, I don't know if this is ever gonna come about. You're gonna have to wage a good warfare. He's not talking about going out and having a fist fight with somebody. He's talking about in the spirit, It's a spiritual battle that we have to fight and we have to hold on to the vision that God has declared over our life. It's gonna come about if we'll just keep pressing on, keep moving into it. You know, the question is, was God's vision off? Does he have bad eyesight, right? Or or is his vision perfect and what he sees for you perfect? Now, our interpretation of that, we have to lean into him. That's where coming to him daily clarifies the vision that he has for us. You want to walk into the vision that God has for your life, do do what God has for you on Sunday. And then wake up tomorrow and do exactly what he has for you on Monday. And you'll and you'll do that over years. And you'll look up and go, wow, I'm walking in the purposes of God for my life. Fulfilling all that He's called me to do. I want I want to pray for you and I just I want to pray into this word. So I want to pray for those who maybe are here today and your vision was so challenged by this last season. You feel a little deflated, deflated. <laughs> no reference to Tom Brady there. I teed that up for you, and I just needed you to step. Maybe you just feel defle- deflated. You feel, man, all all the wind got taken out of my sail, and I'm not sure what it looks like to press on. I want to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you've been confused about what it means to have personal vision. Or maybe you maybe you just lack it. I believe he wants to release that for you today. He's supernatural and he can supernaturally release something into your heart today. So let's just bow our heads all across the room. and I'm gonna ask you to respond, not to embarrass you, but if you'd say, man, I just feel like the wind was taken out of my sails, and I'm not real sure, I'm not sure what's going on in my life right now. I feel feel deflated. Could you raise your hand? I just wanna pray for you. Just put it up real quick, yeah, 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 put it up. Holy Spirit, you are... So amazing in the way you tend to each and every one of us. And I pray right now for every hand that's raised. I pray for a release of your energy. God, a release of the wind of your spirit to be sent out for these hands that are raised. I pray the wind would fill their sails. I bind hopelessness off of them in Jesus' name. I pray they'd pull out what you said to them in the last season, put it on the table and begin to lean into what that looks like in the new season. I just pray release of your spirit. If you're here and you just have lacked vision for your life, would you raise your hand? Again, I just think that's a supernatural thing. God, I thank you that you're never caught off guard. God, and that you are so full of clarity. God, you are so full of vision for each one of these with their hands raised. Lord, I pray that hearts would open up to you. I pray for the ears that are in our spirit, man, to open up fully. And I pray for the sounds and the goings of the Lord to get really, really loud as they echo in the hearts and in the thoughts of all who are raising their hands. Lord, would you release your vision? God, I I pray for a simplicity to come. As we hear you, God, I pray we wouldn't wrestle with it, we wouldn't question it as you speak. God, even in the simplest form, we would lean into it and acknowledge it as you're, you're showing up in our narrative. So let the ears open up. God, let the rumblings of the Holy Spirit begin to echo in our hearts and our spirits. Release your vision for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. 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 I want to ask our ushers if you'll be ready to. If you need, uh, if you didn't get a, some communion elements whenever you came in today, if you just slip your hand up real fast, and we have some available for you, we'll get those to you as fast as we possibly can. But I want to provide you with a moment. Pastor Matt was talking about it in his message today. Just taking a moment and stopping and listening, so that you can get the vision. And as he was just praying for us to be able to hear. Um, Pastor Bo is going to lead us in, in worship before we dismiss service this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity as you take communion today to open your heart and to listen to what God wants to say to you today before we move on to the next thing. And so I want, if, if you still need communion elements, just keep your hands up. But I'm going to ask you if you would stand this morning. And as I, even as I say that, if you want to remain seated so that you can just have a moment with the Lord, you're free to do that as well. But as we enter into this this worship song, I just want to ask you to just open your heart, posture your heart in such a way that you're seeking that vision that Matt was just praying for for your life in this moment.